have you ever heard of Stendhal syndrome? If not, fear not. It is part of a new book. At least it's talked about in a new book. It is the true story of what could be the most prolific art thief in history. And Michael Finkel is the author of The Art Thief, A True Story of Love, Crime, and a Dangerous Obsession. And he joins me now. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure to be here. What a story. Let's start, before we get into uh, this uh, Stendhal syndrome, tell us a little bit more about this book, The Art Thief, and what it's about. The Art Thief is about a criminal named Stefan Breitweiser, who was born in 1971, so he's alive and well. He's a Frenchman who stole more than 300 works of art worth an estimated $2 billion dollars in the late 90s and early 2000s. He stole them non-violently during the day, sometimes with guards in a room, using his girlfriend and Katherine Kleinklaus as a lookout. But most astonishingly, as if those two things weren't astonishing enough, he put all of his stolen artwork, rather than trying to sell it, which almost all art thieves do, he hung all of this $2 billion worth of artwork in his bedroom and just enjoyed it. That's uh, the story of Stefan Breitweiser. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from, from that point because <laughs> there, there are so many different branches there. So, so he didn't steal to sell it. He didn't do this to make money. Was he just a great lover of art or was he a lover of the, the rush of stealing? I think some combination of the two. Now, he said to me that really it wasn't the stealing that thrilled him. It was the acquisition. But of course, for example, when he stole paintings, he would take off the frame because frames make a painting very large and too hard to sneak out of your museum. And he would put the frame in a very conspicuous spot in the museum. He called that his calling card. So that proves that he really liked the steal and liked the game of it. But wow, the way he described looking at works of art in his bedroom was just sort of overwhelming and inspiring to me. Now, I'm not uh, advocating stealing things from museums, but it is nice to look at a work of art, for example, at night with a glass of wine in your hand, perhaps with your lover with you. That does seem a little more romantic than being jostled and elbowed by a, a hundred of uh, strangers in a, in a museum. And so he, he did speak romantically about the paintings. And when you talk about, uh, so at times using his girlfriend as a lookout. I mean, this isn't something that anybody could just walk off the street and get away with this once, let alone over and over uh, and accumulate that amount of art. Did you find out or did you get some insight into how he even trained himself or how he became so good at this? Breitweiser granted me dozens of hours of exclusive interviews uh, he had never uh, he had never spoken to an English uh, language journalist before. We spoke to each other in French, and he described pretty much each of his two hundred crimes. He was sort of like a street magician in a way, where like he's the type of person who could be look you in the eye and have a conversation with you, and then when you walk away, you realize that your wristwatch mm -hmm. and your wallet are missing. He had that sort of ability to do that, but he also had this beautiful eye uh, for for objects in a museum that were just striking. It wasn't always the biggest or the most valuable piece. It was the one that struck him as the most aesthetically 
pleasing and those were the pieces he was drawn to as long as they were the right size in the right spot in the museum in other words not with a security camera or a guard right looking over it so it, it, a combination of love and accessibility allowed him to uh, take all these works of art uh, you mentioned so he hadn't talked to any other uh, English-speaking uh, journalists, and so uh, people will recognize your name too. I think uh, if uh, you've read *The Stranger in the Woods*, and uh, I'm a big fan of that book, I thought it was fascinating. How do you get people to talk to you, or how do you convince people to spend that time and tell you their stories? Well, thank you for your kind words. Yeah, I, I mean, I admire like the heroes of the world, the nurses and doctors and frontline fighters, but something about the criminals and the scallywags, those are the people that really just sort of catch my journalistic sense. And I spent 11 years on this project and almost a decade on the previous book, The Stranger in the Woods. It just takes a lot of time to get uh, to get criminals to sort of open up. And I usually start by writing letters back and forth, which is what I did with the art thief, Brightweiser. We spent four years writing letters back and forth to each other in French before he allowed me to meet him for lunch. After that lunch meeting, we did more than 40 hours of interviews. So it takes a little bit of time. And I think I actually have a genuine, no, I'm not a criminal myself, Jill, <laughs> but I definitely have like this sort of I'll admit it here on the air. Uh, I have this fascination with how people can get away with crimes, especially something like art theft, because, I mean, who doesn't go to a museum? My wife and I love to go to museums, and we always say the same thing to each other when we find a work that just is great. We look at each other and we say, wow, man, wouldn't that just look great above our sofa? And uh, we let the thought go through our mind, but, of course, then we let it go right out the other side. Brightweiser and his girlfriend, and Catherine, did not let that thought go. They took the work and actually put it over their sofa. And it's just something undeniably fascinating about that. It is, definitely. I'm, I'm always of the, I wonder if I could touch that piece of artwork with the, <laughs> beyond the stanchion without a security guard seeing me. But clearly I'm not as adventurous as others when, <laughs> when thinking about what you can get away with. Um, you, you've also kind of touched on something called Stendhal syndrome. That, is that something, is it a real thing? Is that something that Brightweiser had? And I'm curious, and again, don't want to give away everything in the book, but is that something that, that he was comfortable talking about? So Stendhal, which is a 19th century French author, uh, in 1817, he, Stendhal himself, went to Italy, saw in a basilica these frescoes on the ceiling that just blew his mind. And he felt so overwhelmed with the beauty that he thought he was going to have a heart attack and he had to rush out of the church to recover. He had to lay on the ground to recover. And many years later, a doctor at the a psychiatrist at uh, Florence's largest hospital realized that there were dozens and dozens of reports of people getting overwhelmed in front of art. In fact, I think maybe we even used the word struck by a work of art. I was struck by a work of art. That's a common expression. And these were people who were, like fainted or had hallucinations. And she coined, the doctor at the Florence hospital coined the term Stendhal syndrome. When Breitweiser, who was a real, uh, uh, self sort of self-taught um, student of art, when he read about Stendhal syndrome, he said to me, he felt, he felt he knew exactly what this was. He had his own term for it, which was coup de coeur, which is the French expression meaning, you know, sort of hit to the heart, struck in the heart. But the same thing as Stendhal syndrome, just this 
when you see something that you love, and who amongst us can't imagine like the most beautiful thing possible, whether it's sunset over the mountains, whether it's your lover, whether it's a Picasso or a Renaissance painting, we are struck by beauty. And he felt that more powerfully than most. Now, I do want to say that Stendhal syndrome is not an official diagnosis, but there are hundreds of examples of it, uh, not just in Italy, Jerusalem and Paris are also known as hotbeds of Stendhal syndrome. So it's a fascinating idea, a little unofficial, but I think every one of us can sort of think of a moment when we saw something so beautiful that it like caught our breath or knocked us a little bit off our feet or made us weak in the knees. And if you imagine that times 10 or times 100, that's something like what the art thief Wiser felt and perhaps Stendhal himself. Hmm. It's, it's uh, so interesting. And uh, again, don't want to give everything away, but uh, we know he was caught at some point. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, there wouldn't be uh, your book uh, going into these great details. Do you ever feel or do you ever struggle with telling a story like this and, uh, and not making it uh, glamorous about someone's life, given that at the end of the day, he is a criminal? Right. I mean, I do want to say that obviously art museums are one of the greatest things about modern society. Jill, I think you and I could probably talk about the problems in modern <laughs> society from now until next August, but museums are not one of those problems. We, people that I assume you're not a billionaire, I'm not a billionaire, we can go for a modest admission fee, see some of the greatest works of art in the world, and you know, there's this public trust. So what Breitweiser and his girlfriend were, were a cancer on public trust. If everybody acted like him, there would be no more museums. There would be just armed guards and bars in front of the Mona Lisa. We wouldn't be able to enjoy it. So I do not condone that for a second. However, it's undeniable that there is some sort of crazy romantic idea. For almost a decade, Breitweiser and Anne Catherine averaged one art theft every 12 days. Most thieves if they can get one or two works of art in their whole career, it's considered successful. And so there is a sort of tendency to romanticize that. I do worry about it. But like any Icarus story, the higher you fly to the sun, the harder you're going to crash. Breitweiser, who probably took more risks and flew higher than any art thief literally in all of history. There's nobody that has stolen as many times as Breitweiser. He, in the end, luck runs out and he crashes and not just crashes like a regular person. He stole like a maniac and he crashed as hard as you can imagine. And again, as you mentioned, don't want to give away the ending, but it is, uh, I believe, the crash is as spectacular as the rise. Well, I cannot wait to read your book. Michael, thank you so much. We'll leave it there, but thank you so much for joining us today. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. That is Michael Finkel, author of the new book, The Art Thief, A True Story of Love, Crime, and a Dangerous Obsession.